Hello and welcome to the Friday Night Prediction Show on the Fourth Sub Podcast. Tonight I'm joined by Shazad Akram. Hello. Bradley Good Martin. evening. Callum Cameron. Hello, my name's Callum and I'm from Skegness. And Thomas Bristow. Bonjour. So, uh, similar to obviously last week's, uh, we're going to go through the games um, ahead of the weekend fixtures of the Premier League. Um, starting um, with West Brom versus Sheffield United. Um, we'll go to Bradley for this one. Um, both teams in awful form. You know, they've, they've not been able to get many points on the board. Um, how do you see this one going, Bradley? Yeah, um, 19 against 20. Um it's not really going to take a lot of winning this game, to be honest, is it? Um, both teams haven't really played well this season. Um, I think West Brom have played a little bit better of the two, um, if I'm honest. Um, however, I think the way West Brom played will suit Sheffield United. Um, I'd like to see Sheffield United with just a little bit of aggression in this game um, and really take the game to West Brom. And if they play like that, they could get a result. But I think it could go either way, to be honest, in this one. Yeah, I mean, the last time they played each other, Sheffield United did win one nil. This is good. Bear, bear in mind, this is going back a little, a little while. Um, Cal, obviously, you said you don't think Sheffield United have been too bad this yeah. season. Can, can you see these yeah, nicking it? I'll, I've got Sheffield United to win. Um, I think this is the start of of their turnaround this season, and I think I think they'll yeah. beat West Brom this weekend. Clark said, I think I think they've been quite unlucky with how the fixtures have rolled out. And I can see him nicking the three points this weekend, yeah. Um, Tom, we'll come to you. West Brom, quite good defensively against Manchester United. They're probably very unlucky not to come away with at least a point in that game. Um, we won't talk about the penalty incident, but what are your thoughts on, on West Brom's chances in this one? Or do you, are you with Cal? Do you think Sheffield United are going to take it? Um, I've, got, I've got a 2-2 draw. I think there'll be a lot of goals. I think it'll be pretty open uh, with them because... Like Bradley said, it, it West Brom's style of play does suit Sheffield United in terms of scoring goals. But at the same time, I think uh, West Brom have got goals in them. I think we saw that against the um, free-free draw that they had against Chelsea. Should have won that. They were, you know, just bad defensively. I'd, they're both struggling. Let's be honest. And I think I've got it down as a draw. But whoever wins this game is just going to be the massive, massive boost that they need to kind of kickstart their season finally and if if Sheffield United don't uh, win this or if they lose it perhaps I think it could be, it could be big trouble for them yeah um, before we move on uh, Shazad any any key players you think that could be the difference makers in this t- in this fixture or do you think it's like the lad said that it could be a draw really? I have it down as a draw and I, I think I think um, unlike Bristol I think it'll be a, quite a low scoring game because um both sides have really struggled, I think, to score goals and have a creative yeah. player in the team. Um, I, if if I had to pick a team to win over it, over one or the other, I'd go Sheffield United. But I think I think yeah. it'd be a low scoring draw. And in terms of players to pick out, it's I really yeah. struggle to pick out anyone who who might who, yeah. who might change the game, which probably explains why they are what where they are in the table. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think I agree with you on that one. I don't think there's any any huge players for either of those teams that can kind of grab the game by the scruff of the neck and, and grind out a result. So I think it, I think it, it could be a draw as well. 
Um, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see, like Carl said, if 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 Sheffield United can manage to get a win, maybe Ollie McBurney turns up, scores a couple of goals, that'd be good for his confidence going into the rest of the league. But yeah, I think I think we'll we'll move on from that one. Um, moving on to the next fixture, we'll go to uh, Leicester Fulham. Uh, Leicester come just coming off the back of, a, of the three 0 loss um, to Liverpool. Obviously, you know it was it was a it was a big result for Liverpool in terms of you know trying to go back and, and win the title. Um, back-to-back seasons, it's obviously when you beat in the top of the league, it's, it's always good for confidence. And obviously, they had the defensive frailties, but still managed to win despite losing in the Champions League. Um, we'll go to Cal. What are your thoughts on this one? Is this a, an easy win for for Leicester, or do you think Fulham nah, have got a chance Fulham, here? No hope. Um, I think it, it'll be a few goals to nail for for Leicester. Good team. They need to bounce back after the result at Anfield, where they didn't play too well, to be honest with you. And this is the perfect opportunity for them to bounce back. They're playing the worst team in the league by far. Um, I, I, I can't see anything but a comfortable Leicester win. Yeah, um, we'll, get, we'll go to Shers. Obviously, um, in one of the previous podcasts, we've said like, you know, Vardy seems to be this this timeless kind of player. He just he, very ageless. He he's thirty three now, but he's he's still got the pace and he's still got the goal scoring ability. Can you see him scoring in this match? Better bloody score because. I've- Got him as captain in my fantasy team, and I'd be pissed off <laughs> if he doesn't. But yeah, no, he. I mean, it's a game that's set up for him, isn't it? Well, Fulham's defense is all over yeah. the place, and I think yeah, he should be looking at at least a, a brace. And the funny thing about it is, yeah. Fulham get a penalty; they can't seem to score score one at the minute. Yeah, it's been it's been a very tough time. Um, Tom, we'll go to you. You've had you've had you, you say on this a few times. What are your thoughts on on penalty takers at Fulham and? And do you think, like the rest of the lads, it's pretty convincing that uh, Leicester are going to take the points away from this one? Uh, well, I'll start with the, the result. I've got 3-0 Leicester, but I don't think it's going to... It's it's going to be one of those games that I personally, that I think it's going to... The scoreline looks better than what the game actually was. I think Fulham will show a little bit more heart. I think they showed that against uh, Everton in the second half. You know, they, they were unlucky not to get anything from... Um, that game, but the penalty situation, I, I just don't understand. Like you, people, people miss penalties. Bruno missed the penalty. Yeah, Bruno still to. takes the penalties. Bar, bar the one that he gave to Rashford, mm. Rashford didn't take it. Uh, like take the ball away. Bruno gave him the ball. It's you've got to you've got to trust your main penalty taker. They will miss once in a while. They they we're all human. You know, leave it with Mitrovic. You know, don't. Go, oh, Mitrovic missed it. I'll go for Luckman. Luckman then missed it. Oh, we'll give it to, I don't even know who took the other one, but it was the worst. It was awful. You know, it yeah. weren't as worse as Luckman's, but, you know, hit the target for Christ's sake. You're, you're a professional football player and, you know, hit the target. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The money, I, the, I don't get it. The money these guys are on, you've, you've got to be taking penalties, especially in, in, you know, the training practice. Like, just take them religiously until you're good at them because it's quite clear that. There's no defined penalty taker in that team now. I think personally they should just stick with one player. If he misses it, if he misses the next two, just keep going with him because I think the way that they change the player every single time is it's not it's not you know instilling any confidence in in um, in the team as uh, as a whole because you need you need to trust your penalty taker like United United fans we, we trust we trust Bruno and he, and, he, and like you said he's missed them but thankfully you know he but scores the next United, so you know they're going to get um, three or four penalties in the game so it's all right. Well, that's it. That's it. You know, it's Penchester United. We we uh, we, we do have a few. We take them, and and thankfully they let us retake a few of them as well. Um, 
any, any more thoughts on this one, Brad? Have you got any thoughts on this uh, fixture? Yeah, I mean, it should, on paper, it should be straightforward. Um, I think Cal said, and he's completely right, Fulham are the weakest side um, in the Premier League. Um, the only one thing I'd be concerned about um, was Leicester was involved Thursday night in Europa League um, away in Portugal. Yeah. They didn't, I know Vardy didn't start in that game, but it wasn't a much changed squad. Um, just hoping they recover from yeah. that, but. I think it should be straightforward for Leicester in this. Nice. OK, so we'll move forward on to the next fixture. Um, we'll go with West Ham versus Villa. Um, Villa seem to be doing well against the, the, the better sides this season. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll, start with, we'll start with Tom on this one. West Ham seem to be classing themselves as one of these better teams this year. They've, they've, been, they've been in good results, a lot of good results this season. Um, what do you think for this one, Tom? I just think we've got to carry on the way that we're playing. Um, got to grind out wins. You know, we're we're not against what Wolves and uh, Leicester. We made it look comfortable. Uh, but the likes against Fulham and Sheffield United, we we grinded out a one 0 win in, in both games. I, I, I've got a a two 0 win against Villa. Um, per, for the only reason I'm thinking is that if we can cancel out Jack Grealish getting involved in the game at all. I've done and dusted in that game. Um, it showed it in the last game last season against West Ham final game 1-1. Really scored the uh, the winner. He, he played very well in that game. West Ham were awful. Um, but it's a different season and, and it seems like we're a different team even though we've only brought in one new player in Koufau uh, who's been absolutely fantastic. He's, he's kind of yeah. gone under the radar a bit. Like really nobody's fun. really spoke much about him he's been absolutely solid he's gets in and in the, in and out of each box he's he's fantastic but with villa it, i think you're right they, they do work against the big teams struggle against little teams but is that because of jack grealish or, or are, are they just getting figured out or are they are they getting a bit too complacent when they come up against the uh the little teams thinking they've just come off of a big win against your likes of Liverpool, your likes of Arsenal, and then going over to Brighton and losing 2-1 and at home as well. For me, not a comfortable win. I think it'll be another a tough, tough match for West Ham, but I think we can uh, grab another three points and move closer to those uh, European places. Yeah, I think, I think, I think you're right there. Um, I think it's going to be a tough game for either side. Um, I, think, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Aston Villa are down on... Ross Barkley, I think he's injured at the moment. Who, um, who did seem to be having like a good uh, partnership in that midfield with, with with Grealish. But I think, like we said, like if, if Grealish turns up, it it could literally go their way. Um, we'll we'll go to Cal. What are your thoughts on this one? Can you can you see it going um, West Ham's way? Going West Ham's way. I can see it going Villa's way. I think this is the hardest game to predict this weekend. Um, two teams who are on fire in the Premier League. They've both had really good seasons so far. Um, I, I just can't split split them. Um, I think they're both solid teams. I, I think it's going to be a ball draw. I can see it being a nil nil. I really can. I think I think it's got draw written yeah. all yeah, over West it. Ham. I think Villa are a good team. West Ham are a good team, and they're both having really good seasons. Um, I've, yeah, I've got this one down as a draw. I really can't split split between. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's going to be a tough game for both teams. I think I think that's quite obvious. Um, any thoughts on this before we move yeah, on, guys? It's a difficult game to call this one, isn't it? Um, seventh again for eighth. 
it could go either way this one. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it's a a goalless draw, to be honest. Yeah, Shuz, can you see a clean sheet for your former keeper, uh, Yeah, I think um, I think I, I'm actually looking forward to this game because I think there'll be a few goals. Um, because yeah, I think just, I think there might be. Yeah, you don't know what, what team's going to turn up. Villa, like everyone said, have been so inconsistent this season. West Ham are on the up. I think it, yeah, it might be a draw, but I think there's goals in that game. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think there's going to be a few goals. Um, you know, if you like to see Watkins and and you agree that she's turn up for uh, for Villa, there's going to be goals and and like like for West Ham, you know, if if Antonio and you know if Rice has a good performance, they might be they might be putting Rice and man marking on Grealish. We'll see what happens, but I think yeah, I think I think there is a few goals in that one. So we'll uh, we'll move on to um, one of the biggest fixtures of the weekend: um, Chelsea versus Spurs. Obviously, Mourinho he's, he had his masterclass last weekend. Um, we'll go. We'll go to Bradley on this one. What What are your thoughts on this fixture? I think it looks like a fantastic game, and probably yeah, the game of the weekend. Agree with you. Um, a really good game on paper. Um, I think you're going to see now where Tottenham are. Um, you know the the brush yeah. side, uh, Man United, which isn't an accomplishment, but um, played really well last week. Um, for me, if they can get a result here, I think this is where you can take them very seriously. Um, didn't have an hard game yeah. on. Thursday night, um, won convincingly. Um, they was able to rest um, players like Kane and Son. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a very interesting still game. Now. I think Tottenham will have to back up them from last week's performance. Um, and I think they'll probably yeah. Chelsea will probably prove a bit of a sterner test. Um, hundred percent. Uh, yeah, I think I think I think out of the two, Chelsea Chelsea are a lot more informed than Man City were last week. Um, obviously, you've got your likes of your Werner that's been scoring goals. You know, Tammy Abraham seems to be on a bit of a goal run now. He scored the last few weeks. They've got they've got, the, they've got a lot of goal power in that in that team. And I think we what we saw last week from from Tottenham was such a good defensive performance. I think Cal, we'll come on to you because you you obviously you yeah. love that performance of Mourinho. What what are your thoughts for this one? It uh, 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 Brad took the words out of my mouth. This is where we see how good Tottenham are going to be this season. Um, Mourinho's, it's weird with Mourinho because he always seems to struggle against Chelsea. Chelsea, since he's left them, have been one of them teams where he does seem to struggle against. Um, but I, I, I can see it going Tottenham's way, I really can. Um, they're going to be full of confidence going into this game. As are Chelsea, they've, they've really had a good season, Chelsea, but... I think we're going to see another Mourinho masterclass. I really do. I can see it being a one yeah. or two nil uh, Spurs performance. I think it. Um, um, sorry, go on. Yeah, go on. No, go on. I think it matters how he sets up, doesn't it? It does. I, I can't. I can't see it being uh, too different to what it was against City. I think it'll be identical. Yeah. And I think the only thing he's got to do is he's really got to stop Ziyech. He's got to find a way to. To stop Ziyech, and I think they will with the amount of number um, players they get behind the ball. I think it's going to be hard for Ziyech to get in the game, and he really is the playmaker. He's the one that makes that team tick. Um, Chelsea, really good, solid. A few players, Kante, he's pivotal in that Chelsea team. I don't think he'll have a lot of work to do, to be honest, against yep. Spurs because I think they'll they'll hit him twice on the counter and probably score from both. I think it'll be a Chelsea dominated game, yep. but a Mourinho win. 
So we'll, we'll go to we'll go to Tom on this one. Obviously, it's as a West Ham fan, you don't really want either of these teams to win. Um, what what are your thoughts? Do you, can you see another Mourinho masterclass like we think Cal says, or can we see can we see Chelsea? You know, put themselves forward as title contenders and and put a few past them. I I disagree with Cal on that. I I don't think it's going to be another Mourinho masterclass. I've got Chelsea two one. Um, yeah, I think there's going to be late goals. I think it's going to be a bit. It's going to be one of those end-to-end games. Um, nothing, you know, not but not really troubling the goalkeeper in a sense. But then later on, I think it's just going to be you're going to get a couple of goals, and I, I, I think a, a late Chelsea winner. But it, but it's not going to trouble Tottenham. It's going to, it's not going to knock their confidence if they can go uh, and trouble Chelsea, make them pressure them all the time. You know, I wouldn't sit back against them. I, I wouldn't see any reason to. There's a difference between the style of play of Chelsea and Man City. That's why Mourinho's done it. But I don't know. I think Chelsea are just going to nick this very late on 2-1. Yeah, we'll go to Shiz, obviously, as an Arsenal fan, to see both two of the um, two of the other uh, London clubs fly in with Chelsea and Spurs, both towards the top of the table. It must be, yeah, similar situation for Tom. You know, you don't really want either of these teams to win. You've played Mourinho a lot down the years as an Arsenal fan. With, with you know the Wenger's Mourinho's always big games. What what can you see oh, from this it's one? It's a game where, like you say, I hate both teams, but I'm looking forward to it in a sense <laughs> because they've been so good yeah. this season. But um, I think with Al Zero, it looks like he's not going to play. So Spurs will yeah, yeah like, so that could Spurs be a big issue. We'll have some chances without him in the team. But like Callan Brad said, I think Spurs will nick nick it because. The quality of Harry Kane and Son is just too good, and I think yeah. they'll they'll scrape at Mourinho. He just finds a way to scrape through the scrape these games, and I think it'll be one 0 scraper for Spurs probably. Yeah, I think um, from what we're seeing with Mourinho now, and obviously a few of the guys have touched on it. He said he's going to make uh, Harry Kane into an animal. He seems like he's he's kind of. He's kind of turned him into his next Drogba, in a sense. You know, he's just he's just ruthless in front of goal, and you know he's he's bringing his game on where he's passing the ball more. He's you know his link-up play is getting better and better, and he's he's without a doubt for me, I think the best striker in the world football right now, apart from maybe Bar, you likes of Ronaldo. But you know, for his age and for for what he's doing in this league, I think it's it's hard to look past him if he turns up. You know, the game's already won, kind of thing. Um, it's, it's going to be a fantastic fixture. It's, it's definitely one that I'm looking forward to this season. Um, so moving on, our last fixture of this part one of the of the, uh, of the Friday prediction show, um, Arsenal versus Wolves. Um, you know, both teams that, you know, haven't really kicked on as much as they did last season. Arsenal, obviously, you know, they've not looked great. They had a good win in the in Europa League. You know, hopefully that confidence, you know, goes through to the Premier League. But... Um, we'll, we'll start with Shuz because obviously this is this is a big fixture for you. Where do you see this well, one going? Well, I think we have to win this game. It's a must-win for us. The way that our season's going, if we don't win this game, we're in real trouble. But I can see Wolves turning up and beating us quite easily because in the past they've always been a bit of a bogey team for us. I really rate him and yeah. I think he's a really good player. And uh, I like the look of this Neto as well. I, 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 I fancy yeah. Wolves to beat us, to be honest. Well, the previous two fixtures um, was a 1-1 draw and uh, a 2-0 win for Arsenal. I mean, it's obviously, this is last season. Obviously, we're in a brand new season now. And, you know, things change. But 
I mean, I think if Arsenal, you know, take their chances and they, and they start they start getting your likes of your Bamiyang scoring again, then they they could easily win this. What what are your thoughts um, on this one, bro? Strange game for um, this one for me. Um, both teams, I don't think really um, have got started yet. Um, it, it wouldn't surprise me if Wolves did turn over Arsenal. Um, but then again, it wouldn't surprise me if Arsenal yeah. did it. Um, it's a tough game, very, very tough game. Um, Probably similar to your West Ham Villa, just yeah. it's one of those hard ones to call. You you wouldn't be no, you wouldn't be putting that on your acker, um, that's for sure. It just depends again what Arsenal's going to turn up. You know, if the Arsenal turn up that played yeah. Villa or Leeds last week, I think Wolf will quite easily turn them over. To be honest, but. Yeah, this is what your thoughts a, on this one, another difficult game to predict. Um, both teams really haven't had a good season so far. They haven't got going. Wolves have dipped in and out form, and Arsenal just look poor the majority of games I've seen them this season. Um, if I, I, I think personally, a comfortable Wolves win, I really do. I really don't like the look of Arsenal recently. I think they've been seriously poor. And I, I can see this being very yeah. comfortable for Wolves. But like everyone said, it depends what teams turn up because you never know with these two this season. If Wolves yeah. are on their A game, it could be a 2-3-0 Wolves. Uh, I can't see anything different. I can't see Arsenal beating them this weekend at all. Yeah, it's a strange one. I mean, it's like it's like um, Shaz mentioned in one of the previous episodes, once, uh, once Arsenal got the win against Man United, they thought maybe... That was the turning point in their in their season, and they were going to they were going to start kicking on from there. But it just hasn't seemed to happen in the league. Um, like we like we said, it, they got a result in in Europa, but you know that's it's yeah. obviously it's a different competition. You're playing teams of a lot lower level. Um, the Premier League is so strong all across the board, apart from your likes of maybe Fulham and that and a few well, other the teams. Games, the games against so far the this season, Villa but... and Leeds, they uh, they were absolutely shocking. Just, very poor. I, I'd very like poor. to see us go to yeah. a four-four-two. To be honest, because it worked in the Europa game against Mould, and uh, Kieran Tierney just cannot play centre no. back in the back three. So why not go four-four-two? Not at all. No, he's very vulnerable in that position. I, I don't know why they keep playing him there. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of, bit of an odd one. I, 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 do you know some people like like Cal? I don't think they rate Tierney, but I think I don't know. He, he's shown glimpses of as what he can do. As a left back and as a wing um, back, but not as a yeah as a left back. back three. Yeah, not not as a, not as a left centre back or as a centre back. He just he, he hasn't got that that physique or you know that build to to to, to dominate that role. And he's going well, to get found the out. Does the modern day need to um, be able to play in them positions? Because you see so many teams now where they are playing full, uh, natural fullbacks at centre half. Yeah, managers are looking at players uh, to, for them to do that and adapt their game. It's like with strikers; they they start them on the way. Yeah, they've I mean, been doing it for years. You, apparently, a striker is now a winger. Like it's just yeah. crazy how it works. You'd like to think that if you play one position good enough, you shouldn't have to be able to play another position. I mean, we've seen it a lot with Kyle Walker. He's played a lot of centre, uh, right centre back for for England, and I think occasionally for Man City. And Luke Shaw's done it a few times for United. He's played left centre back. It's it's a strange yeah. one. I think if you're a fullback, you're a fullback. You shouldn't have to. You well, shouldn't have to play well, centre back. You know, he is, yeah. back, isn't he? Well, he's been having a great season. He's he's better as a centre back uh, than a. And a left back. In but that's what I'm saying. Opinion. Shouldn't Tierney start adapting his game for a, a centre half role? I don't see any reason well, why he can't. That can't be his main role. I know it's like 
it's difficult. It is very difficult to go from being a pacey left back to being, being just standing your ground. So standing your ground on like a centre back front and not being able to use your electric pace to kind of fear the wingers on the opposite team. It, I think you adapt to it yeah. given time, but at the same time, she's is right. You know, what arm is it going to do to go back to a, a four four two? Just until you can or get even, a bit of form going. Yeah, get even game. until January when you need to sign. Like Arsenal need a, re, really need to sign some players. I mean, your defence is abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. Well, on, on them signings then, Shiz, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on Gabriel? Do you like him so far? He's had, a good, he had, he's had an all right start. Nothing too exciting. But what I don't really understand, I'm, I'm, I don't think he's injured Saliba. Why, why not? Give Saliba a game. I know he's young, but he he had a really good season last season out on back on, out on loan. Give give him a go. He's supposed to be the next like leader, the next sort of Tony Adams in the mold type defender. And I'd like to see him be given a chance. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a strange one that he's that he's playing T and over him. Maybe you know Arteta's trying to trying to you know he doesn't want to throw him into the deep end in a yeah. sense. It's a bit of a strange I, one. I, I, um, I just think that, maybe. Um, I don't know. Is four four two dead in the modern game, or is there a place for it still? I think there is a place for it. I think I think there is a place for it still. You know, if, if you've got if you've got two two pacey strikers that can you know come back like you like the likes of Abamian that can you know cover the wing if needed and and get back and well, I, I, saw, I think there's still a place for four four two. I'm not sure what you got. City, and you'd seen how good they were then. It, certain teams still yeah. still go back to yeah. the four four two because it's an unexpected formation to use. I, I, I think it's a if it, if you get it right, it can it can be a deadly formation. Well, it's, well, it's, just, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because four four two was always kind of like your basic your basic setup of a team, but as as the games evolved and you know players have become more versatile, like we said, where you liked of like Eric Dyer, who was who was a centre midfielder, is now playing your centre back, and you know players have become more versatile. Well, it goes the kind of formations have changed. You look at when Barcelona so... were on top of the world; everyone played a four three three. You look at when Chelsea won the Premier League under Conte; everyone went back to a back five. Mm. It's just what's what's in fashion. Yeah. So it'll it'll, it'll change every season. I think that's, I think it all it all depends on on, on the players you've got yeah. and what what positions they play best as well. I think, like like you said with with uh, with with Conte's um, you know Chelsea back five they 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 worked with with Alonso like you know bombing down the wing. Victor Moses, think, think Victor Moses played full back that season had a good yeah, had a good season. I remember that. So it's, it's it's a strange one. You know, there's there's in the modern game you, it's more and more um, it's more and more common to see players completely change position. I mean. One that I, I I could remember from recent times is Valencia, who started as a, a right winger and moved to right back. You know, you likes of Ashley Young, who was left winger to left back. Um, off the top of my head, obviously uh, Man United players, but you know it, it does happen with the modern player. They do change positions. It, it does happen. So um, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see what happens with Arsenal. Obviously, we'll have the results show on Sunday where where we'll dive into it. But um, if there's any anything else you want to talk about before we finish this part, I'll podcast? ask the question for the board. Oh, go on. Bro. Uh, I was no, just no, going to ask a question for you, you fellas. Um, how serious a contender do you reckon Chelsea can be? Do they need to win on Saturday? Yeah, they need to beat Tottenham. They need to beat them. Yes. Yeah. 
I think I think it if they if they win, it could be the game that defines the season. With so will it? Do, do you think it'll like it will change from uh, Spurs being title contenders to Chelsea being title contenders, or will they both still be in the running? Because if 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 Spurs don't get a win, this is a massive game for Spurs and Mourinho because it's such there's such a stamp to be made on the Premier League. If he can beat Chelsea away on the back of beating City at home, yeah, they're going to be in dreamland. They're going to be they're just They're missing they're that away win, the league, aren't they? You know? that big, I know they got it away at United, but I'm on yeah. about a, a, a away win at a team that are title contenders. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? With, with Spurs, like, you're going to look back at their season... And if if they don't if they end up losing it, you're going to look back at some of the fixtures like your, your West Ham fixture where they where they were flying two 0 up and obviously you know Lanzini scored a screamer in the end and, and got it back to two two fantastic result for West Ham and just a massively you know a step down for for Spurs and but they've kicked on from there and obviously that's that City that City game could be pivotal when we look back at the season obviously City down in I think something like thirteenth or something yeah. in the season at, at the minute in the league. Which obviously they'll, they they will kick on, and I think I think we'll, we'll go in. We'll, obviously, we're going to go into that fixture in well, the second at, part when, they, when they're playing as Burnley. well. After this, they've got the um, London derby, haven't they? I mean, what a game that is to, to come on the back off, and then they've got Palace yeah. away, big game, and then Liverpool. So they've they've got such a big run now. Yeah, and we'll, we'll yeah, it's we'll, we'll go into that when yeah. when we do the um, the monthly prediction show. Which, which I think will be, I think will be really good to, uh, to to dive into those fixtures for Spurs and, and see where they are by then. But um, yeah, I mean, it's I think it's it's going to be major, major, major game for the for the league, even though it's early on still. I think it's I think it's it could it could define either team. You know, Lampard obviously is a young manager taking on his old boss. You know that there's there's so much going for this fixture. You know, Mourinho playing his old team and. It's, uh, it's 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 definitely the one that I, I when I picked out the uh, fixture, it was the one that I thought that's going to be the fixture to watch. Just one but, question, um, yeah, go on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an I interesting one. Che- che- it's, I think Chelsea need to win to send a message to the to the league that they're yeah. serious title contenders. Obviously, a draw is a yeah, good result you, for them yeah. still, but they want to send a message. Yeah, and I think uh, one just before I go, yeah. uh, Bristow with West Ham, do you think? The seasons. Uh, do you think this this will be West Ham season to get the top seven? Like, do you think this will you'll be consistently good, or do you reckon it's just a, a bit of a fluke? So I've I've said I've said I've said about it in previous episodes that I think there's no reason why we can't finish in top seven European places, but um, obviously we're not the only mid-table team that's having a good run of games. Everton, obviously Villa. Um, as well, it, 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 I would be a little bit more hyped if yeah. it was just West Ham. It, you know, if it, if the top six were doing as they do, and then it was West Ham that was seventh that were flying. Um, and I don't think any West Ham fan, Villa fan, um, uh, Everton fan can get carried away until I would say January time. You know, December. We all know how December is. December is, you know, a tough run of fixtures for everyone. Um, and then especially and then January as well, including the FA Cup, especially um, during coronavirus now, you, you know, we know we um, fans are allowed back in, but only a minimum amount of fans. So it's not really going to change much. But I think it's out of these, I think it's out of Villa, West Ham and Everton, yeah. in my opinion, who's going to, uh, one of them are going to kick on, like are going to carry on. I think two are going to drop off and I think 
one's just going to kick on. And I hope that on Monday that we can beat Villa and we can be that team that kicks on. Because I, I can't see any reason why not. And, we're, and this was the aim for West Ham. This was the aim. There was it wasn't no reason why we moved yeah. to a London stadium, to a, a massive stadium. We did it to get European football. And I think under Moisey, as weird as it sounds, and I think it was the last manager I thought it was going to be under, we could have a chance of doing it. So crack on, fellas. Fucking yeah. hell is the best striker in the Premier League by far. Well, on that absurd note, we'll end part one. Um, thanks for joining me, guys, and we'll be back soon. Thank you. Yes. Hello and welcome to the Friday Night Prediction Show, part two on the Force of Podcast. Uh, once again, I'm joined by Shazad Akram. Hi. Thomas Bristow. Hello. Bradley Martin. Hello. And we've substituted Callum Cameron and we've got in the Bon, Jordan Chambers. Hello. So uh, the remaining fixtures we've got, we've got some tasty ones to go through still. Uh, obviously, we went through a lot of the big fixtures Um you know, your Spurs versus uh, Chelsea. We've already gone through that, but we've got a lot to go through still. Uh, we've got the main club still to go through. Bradley Martin, wink, wink. Um, but we'll start off. We'll start off with Everton Leeds. Um, both teams that started started the seasons quite well. Had some big wins. You know, you've got your likes of two 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 absolutely fantastic managers still in Bielsa and and Carlo Ancelotti. This this is actually is, I think it's gone under the radar a bit, but I think this could be a massive fixture. We'll go. We'll, we'll start with Bradley. Obviously, your dad is a massive Leeds fan. What are your thoughts on this one? Where, where can you see this going? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting game to be honest. Um, I think Everton personally, they're going to need to play a little bit better than they have been. Um, I know they won. Yeah. I know they won last week um, against Fulham, but they was in control of the game and they let it slip a little bit. Um, mm. So I think they're going to have to play a little bit better. I think Leeds are going to be um, pretty frustrated, to be honest. I think they should have beat Arsenal um, last yeah. week. Um, I think it's a missed chance for them there. Um, same again with like, for you, team. You don't know what Leeds are going to turn up. Um, yeah. I mean, they're very good going forward, but they do leak a lot of goals. Um, I think a draw on the cards here for me. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those fixtures where, you know, like you said, Leeds are very frustrated not to come away with three points against Arsenal. Um, and then, and then similarly for for Everton, when you beat in Fulham, who who are arguably the worst team in the league, it's it's you know it's not too much to build from. It's it's, it's going to be a tough game for both teams, and you know it if it, it could easily go either way. Do you? I mean, we'll go to Jordan. Do you think um, Carlo Ancelotti is a dinosaur in football? I think he's still got something to prove. I don't think he's got anything to prove, but I just think t- taking on an Everton side like they were is a challenge in itself because, you know, they've never, not really been the same where until Moisey left. Yeah. So, uh, I think it's a challenge in itself. And I think he's doing a good one at the moment, especially bringing through, like, Calvert-Lewin. Uh, but... Yeah, he seems to be getting the It's going to be a good game this weekend between them two. It's probably in my top three games. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be a very enjoyable game to watch as well. We'll go to we'll go to uh, Tom then on this one. What are you, what are your thoughts? Can you see Calvin Lewin c- continuing his scoring streak, or can you see Bamford uh, getting on the score sheet as well? 
You know, I, I've uh, I've got a two 0 Leeds winner. Yeah. I think uh, I think Leeds. Um, I think if it's weird to say because if you say it's a shock win uh, to win away at Everton for Leeds, I don't think it is. In fact, um, I was going to say it, but they they're doing very well this season. Even though, even when they're losing games, they're always playing well. They're always sticking by what Bielsa has done. Mm. You know, constant pressure. Keep them, keep the teams moving constantly. Don't let the uh, the opposition team like relax in a way. Yeah. You know, keep them always pressurized, and I think that's going to stump Everton a little bit. You know, I've, I I think it's going to stump uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin as well. It's a different breed of defenders that he's going to come up against, yeah. which he's going to have to get used to with with his scoring streak. That he's going to be the main guy that um, they're going to look out for. You know, last pass. Well, since his career started, usually he's not that name that everyone thinks. Right, you've got to look after this guy. Yeah. But now he, now he is that guy, and yes, he's doing well under the under the pressure. But good to get two goals against Fulham. But like we keep saying, Fulham are the weakest team in the uh, Premier League by by far. And I don't know. I, I just think Leeds have got what it takes. I think Bielsa is going to. I've pushed him in a. This week, yeah. you know, wasting that many chances against Arsenal. Yeah, I think he's he's going to push them more. He's going to train them more, you know. And yeah, I think I think Leeds have got this too now. Yeah, we'll get we'll go to Chips finally. Obviously, um, Arsenal are probably very lucky to come away with a point against Leeds. You know, Leeds are a very regimented team. You know, they're very physically. Um, you know, they've got the stamina because of how the way Bielsa trains them, the way he buys his players. Um, obviously, Bamford's not scored in a few weeks now. Um, do you think? Do you think there's a chance he'll um, he'll bring the Spaniard on? Um, correct me if I'm wrong. What's 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 the boy's name? Ro- Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Rod- yeah, that's that's yeah. the one. Can you can you see him starting, or can you see Leeds managing to get some points out of this one where they couldn't against Arsenal? Yeah. Well, um, when when Arsenal went down to ten against Leeds, they did bring on Rodri Rodrigo Rodri, and he played really well. He hit the crossbar and hit the post. Yeah. A couple of times and. With Bamford missing so many chances, doesn't it come to a point where you think, did he not start with this uh, with, with with the other lad? Yeah. You know, um, I think he'll start with Bamford. Bamford will start, and like Tom says, I think that Leeds could win this game. I just like to watch Leeds play. I I, I don't like to admit it. Yeah. But they play a brand of football that's direct and attacking and exciting. And then when they've not got the ball, they chase it down aggressively. And yeah. It's refreshing to see a promoted team come come up and take that sort of attitude. Having said that, Everton with Calvert Lewin are always going to be dangerous, yeah. so might be a draw. But I could see a Leeds win. Yeah, it's one of those, it's one of the ones that you know now that now that Richarlison's back, he's had a game in the first team again after that red card. You know, if, he, he seems to be one of the catalysts for that team. Where if, if he comes in and he plays well, then they normally do they normally do get a result. It's um, it's it. it the way that Ancelotti sets up, he's, I think he's still a fantastic manager and I, I still think they've, they've got a great chance of getting Europe this season. But um, yeah, Bielsa is an absolute incredible manager. I, I, really, I really think out, out of the top six, he's probably the best manager. And I think he's, um, you know, he's, he, he, he seems to get the best out of that Leeds team, whether or not they do what they've been doing in the Championship the last few seasons. And because he does train them so hard, they do tend to burn out. But for now, I think, I think they've got a great chance and I think it's going to be a fantastic game. So we'll uh, we'll move on to the next fixture. Um, we've got uh, Man City versus Burnley. 
Um, we'll start with Tom on this one. Man City, obviously, uh, coming off that loss against Spurs. Uh, Burnley not been great this season. Um, well, they did they did get a win last week. What, what what do you see for this one? Where do you see this one going? I think it's a City win. Um, I don't think it's going to be very convincing. I don't think it's going to be as convincing as usually games of this calibre is for City at home. Uh, Burnley are a tricky side. Um, I think they, they, they've, they've shown that ever since they've been in the Premier League. They've, you know, they're they're a big team. They're a strong team. Sean Dyche is an absolutely fantastic manager. You know, there's a reason why he's part of that club. Um, yeah, they're one of those teams that, you know, they can give um, big teams that trouble. They they showed it a few times last season. Um, you know, especially, you know, they, I think remember one off the top of me had to beat in Tottenham. Yeah. Um, you know, it's but it is a difficult one with the scoreline because uh, City have struggled. They've struggled to score score goals goals over the past few weeks. Uh, you know, uh, midweek they you know, only managed to get a one 0 win against uh, a very weakened Olympiacos team. Um, obviously, the Tottenham game they didn't they didn't score. Yeah, um, I think I think they'll get a couple. I think Burnley will score. I think um, City. They, I don't think they'll be able to handle the constant uh, set pieces that uh, Burnley will have. You know, whether it's corners, free kicks, maybe even just. Crosses into the box. Yeah. Uh, I, I think a two-one win for City on this one. We'll go. We'll go to Bradley next. Um, in the last two fixtures, these two have played each other. Man City have won five-nil and four-one. Um, you said last week you thought the Spurs game was where they were going to, you know, finally start kicking on in this season. Obviously, that wasn't the case, and, and we did see a Mourinho masterclass. Can you see this as being the fixture where they think, right, we've got to turn our season around now, otherwise we're, we're going to drop off too far. For me, I think this is the game where they've surely got to kick on and do something. Um, yeah. This Burnley defence, I mean, apart from one player, is it Tarowski, what his name is? Tuck- yeah, James Tarowski. Uh, they have nothing at the back. Um, no. Surely this is it. You know, they should be netting four, five, six past this defence. Um, yeah. You just don't know how Pep's going to set up anymore. I mean, one, one minute he's yeah. as Foden and Sterling. The next he switches to um, Mares and Torres. Um, yeah, I think you, I think you're going to see this game to be honest, and um, I think City yeah. will play a bit more direct, and I think they'll brush these aside to be honest. Yeah, well, we'll go to Jordan. Where where do you see the goals coming from then in this City team, Jordan? Uh, you know, De Bruyne's not had the best of seasons for me personally. Yeah. Uh, he's Shone in a couple of games, but you want him to try and do it every yeah. game. Uh, I'd like to see a performance from him and probably a goal or two. Uh, I think the goals can come from Sterling. Obviously, he's got him in the bag, and he, I know he he likes to score against Burnley yeah. as well. Uh, I mean, I'm, I think I'm with Brad on this one. Though I think quite possibly a Man Man City yeah. win. Three uh, nil. Okay, okay. So we'll end with Shiz on this one. Um, like I said, the, the boys have said, you know, like Jordan's just said, obviously Kevin De Bruyne's not as been as consistent as he is. Do you know? Do we do we not give him enough credit as, as Kevin De Bruyne being so consistent for so long that when he does have a bad game, it's more noticeable? Yeah, I think you're spot on. I I love Kevin De Bruyne. I've always thought he's a good player, and having seen him destroy us live on multiple occasions, yeah. he we don't. I think we don't give him the credit that he deserves because. 
his B, his A game is fantastic, but even his B game is pretty decent. Yeah. And I think, like Brad and Chambers say, I think that this should be a walkover for for Man City. And if they want to get serious and turn the season around, it has to be really because that this they they'd normally beat. The, these sorts of teams four or five yeah. you know, every every day yeah it, it does seem to be one of the teams where they where they do score a lot of goals as I've, as I've said you know nine goals in the last two fixtures against against Burnley so you can, you can from from a from a you know from looking in the past you know looking forward you'd, you'd like to think there's going to be some goals in this game for Man City and it's going to be a tough task for for Burnley so we'll move on from that one um, the next one is uh, Palace versus Newcastle you know, both teams that not you know that they've they've had a few good games this season, but then they've had, a, they've had quite a lot of dodgy ones as well. I think we've mentioned it previously. Zahar seems to be the player that if Palace are going to play well, it's going to come through him. We'll start with Tom on this one. Um, where do you see this one going? I think this is going to be a draw. Um, I just think Palace. I think as you've said it, bang on. You know, Zahar is that is Crystal Palace. You know, he is. An unbelievable talent, and I can't see Palace doing anything creative up top without yeah. him. You know, he, he isn't a defender. He can't call what how Palace play in defence without Zahar. But up front, especially, he he, ma- he makes everything tick perfectly. Um, so it's going to be a struggle on that point. Newcastle, I've said it before. I think they're the most inconsistent team in the Premier League. You know, they're, they're just they're, they're a big. Ground, they've got a big ground. They've got a great fan base. Just can't seem to get the right players in. You know, Callum Wilson looks like yeah. he can be, and in other games, he looks like he doesn't even want to be there half the time. It's a bit of a weird one. Uh, I've got a draw on this one. I don't see anything more than a draw, or maybe even just a maybe even a Newcastle like late winner. Yeah. You know, like I said, inconsistent. You don't know which. I think we said it for multiple teams uh, tonight. You don't know what Newcastle team was going to turn up. Yeah, we'll, we'll go to Brad. It's it's it's, uh, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? Like like Tom's kind of mentioned, you know, if Wilson does turn up, then you know he's got goals in him. We've we've seen that for a few good seasons now at Bournemouth. He's one of those players that if he can stay fit, he is normally amongst the goals. Do you do you see a, a result here for Newcastle, or or do you think if if Palace can get Zaha fit, then uh, then it could be it could go either way. Yeah, uh, it depends on the update on um, Zahar, doesn't it? Um, I've got a feeling this could be a really, really long, boring game. Um, they don't seem to be a very good away side in Newcastle. Um, no. I think they struggled, was it this year, getting past Newport County um, away. They just don't seem to be able to play away from home. And Yeah, it's a strange one. Palace, you know, going on to this one-man team theme, I just think yeah. all their play just runs through Zahar. So, I mean, if he, if he doesn't yeah. play, you could be here sat in for a nil-nil. Very boring game for me. Yeah. Well, uh, Shers, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, like the lads have all said, it's it looks like a boring nil-nil game if Zahar doesn't play because he's the he's the creative player who can win the game. But I like to talk about Alan Saint Maximum for a bit because. I thought he really came through well last season and I've been really disappointed yeah. this season. He hasn't really done anything at all. And I don't know what's what's happening because he could be the Zaha that, that Newcastle yeah. need. So hopefully he turns it around and we see a bit more flair because 
he's a brilliant player to watch. He's an entertaining player. He can beat a man. He's tricky with his feet. He's got pace. And um, I really hope he gets back on track because I like to watch him play. But, yeah, he's been very disappointing this season. Yeah. Can I just say something about St Maximan, which, yeah, I, I agree with Shiz. Last year, he, he, I thought he had a, he, he came on quite well. What I find different between him and Zaha, because they are quite similar players in the sense that they, their gameplay is flair, um, getting past their uh, opponent with skill. If he has one or two attempts at a player and he couldn't get past him, he strops. He, he strops and he doesn't want the ball back. Uh, if he gets fouled a couple of times, he strops and he doesn't want the ball. And where and that would that used to be what Zahar was when he used to be um, when he yeah. first came into the scene. He if he could, if he was getting fouled, you're going to get fouled with your flair play because you're you're mocking the opponent, and you know it's that's part of the game. I've, he needs to he needs to he needs to learn that every skill that he does isn't going to come off. He needs to learn that that Newcastle side isn't a top top team, and he isn't the best player there. You know, he needs to realise that those Newcastle fans, you make one mistake, they will be on your back for a long time until you make it up to them. But I just, I just think that he's, when he tries too much and it doesn't come off, he strops yeah. and then he stops doing what he's doing and that's his game. Whereas the hard's just... matured, hasn't he? He's added to his yeah. game. If he, if he loses the ball, he, it doesn't matter. He's more about with the team winning. Whereas maybe mm. maximum, it's all all about him a bit too much. Yeah, because because Zahar had that had the spell at United. I, I know he didn't get much of a chance, but you would mature when you go to a Man United team because you know he was he was a top top boy at Palace. Go to a Man United team where you pretty much are at the bottom of the barrel, in the sense of you're coming up with some world class players in the team, and then you 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 learn to mature by doing that. And then he goes back to Palace, and look at him now. You know he's. He's shining. He's, you know, he's worth, you know, 40, 50 million in this market. And so Maximan can be like that if he, I don't want to use the word grow up because it's, it's not, he just needs to understand the game a bit more of, you know, if you want to use flair, don't think that you're going to be able to do it 10 out of 10 times. You know, don't, you're going to have about four or five times in a game where the player's going to read you and you just got to get on with it and keep going out and don't go on a strop and just lose your game altogether. There's a quite interesting stat here. It says, in 47 Premier League games under Steve Bruce, Bruce has only won one game when um, St. Maximum has not started the match. That's a, that's a great stat. This, it kind of says it all, doesn't it? Mm. He, seems to be the, he seems to be very much like like Zaharis for Palace, one of the catalysts in that team. He, if, if he plays well, then the Newcastle tend to win. It's um, it's 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 an interesting point though, and I think I think you bang on, Tom, when you say you know he's his head kind of drops. Where whereas there isn't really those those big players in that team that you know sometimes it's it's better to be, you know, a, not your main player because obviously that comes with such a burden. You're always expected so much of, and I think that's he's kind of become that where he's kind of became their best player in a pretty quick, you know, in, in basically in one season. And obviously that, um, yeah. that's what we saw last season. Obviously, that you were speaking about Shiz, where he said he does seem like he's got he's got flair and he's got a goal and he's got assist and he's got skills and he's he's obviously got bags of pace. Well, I'll I'll put this question to all of you. Can can you see him getting that big move? Can, can you see him being a Newcastle in two years' time, or or do you think is you know is 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 down points like like his attitude maybe is is he is he not is he not quite there yet, or will he ever get there? He's going to need a few years, isn't he? 
Yeah. Uh-huh. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I will predict where he'll be in two years. I will say PSG. Yeah. You think he'll be back in the back in the French? Yeah, division? I will say he'll be back in the French division. French player, you know, they they'll love him there regardless. I I think if you know when Neymar leaves, when Mbappe leaves, Di Maria leaves, they need that new injection of pace and skill. You know what Neymar is like, what Mbappe is like, what Di Maria is like, and you know if he can carry on and like like we've been saying, like mature a little bit. You know, he he can be quite good, but I, I think PSG. I think he'll be in, if he's going to a big club. I'm going to say PSG. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I think um, he's got all the tools, like we've kind of mentioned. It's just, it's just refining himself, isn't it, and, and becoming a more consistent player, like the likes of you know Sterling, who's kind of turned a corner the last few seasons, where he's been a lot more consistent. Not so much this season, but I mean, he's, he's like we said, he's got the he's got the pace. We've seen he scored goals. He's got assists in him. It's just um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure Newcastle's the right club in the right platform under Steve Bruce to take him to that next world class level. Because at the minute he's he's just he's just a very good player, isn't he? He's just a very good player, but he's not in, he's not in a play. He's not in a team where he's surrounded by the likes of of, of the Man City players like De Bruyne's, like Uruguero's. Where you learn from, you learn from the best players, and you, you become better, a better player by being surrounded by good players. And I think we've seen that with Bruno, where he's he's got some good players around him. Obviously, not and you know not a completely amazing team. And we'll go about that in the next fixture. We'll go about that. But you know, when when a good player comes to a team where they know they they can they can be that that number that number one man and that that top boy, it just it, it just shows that he's shined, and, and that happens with certain players. It's just whether or not. Say maximum can can find that within the Newcastle team, or he has to look elsewhere, like like the likes of PSG in a couple of years' time. But well, uh, yeah, I, I, think, I agree um, with you, Carl. But like for me, he went there knowing that he wasn't going to really win anything. Yeah. So for me, I think he was just going there, like you said, to be like the top yeah. dog, because he must have known that he wasn't going to win anything. Yeah. So you know, I think it's just one of them where he wanted to be the best player in that team. For well, it's, yeah, and it's, it's, it's that, isn't it? It's, it's just that, in a sense. It's um, it was it was the Premier League team that came in for him. I think they probably paid around twenty million. Correct me if I'm wrong. Fifteen, twenty mil, and you know, it, it gets him to the Premier League, and it's his platform to to prove himself, isn't it? It's his platform to come in, play yeah. every week, and you know, have have that consistency. And you know, you you're probably the first name on the team sheet. You've got your platform, and and just prove it for a team where you're not really expected to do too much. Obviously, Newcastle is a massive, massive, massive club. And like Zach said in one of the previous episodes, they're the only team in Newcastle, so obviously everyone supports them. You know, you've got Sunderland, which isn't too far away, but Newcastle is 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 primarily Newcastle United supporters. So, you know, it's it's not obviously the place where it was a few you know, I'm talking when Alan Shearer was the main the main striker. It's not it's not where it was then. And you know, even then they didn't really get to where they could have. You know, obviously that that season under Keegan, they thought they were, they looked like winning it, and we all remember what happened there. But it's yeah, it's it's, it's a tough one. I, I think I think he's still going to be a top player. I just think he needs to move elsewhere if he's going to do it on a more consistent basis and really up his game to that kind of world class level. But um, moving on from there, the last fixture. Obviously, I've saved the best till last. Uh, Southampton versus Manchester United. Um, obviously, I'm going to go on a, on, a, on a try and I'm going to try and going to go on a positive note here. But let's look at Southampton first. Southampton, obviously, they've had a great season so far. 
you've got your likes of Che Adams, who's coming in with goals now. Danny Ings has pretty much carried on where he left off last season, scoring goals again. They look more solid. Ward-Prowse has had some great performances, some great set pieces. He seems to be a real class player now. He's you know he's come on in, in in his years and he seems to be at that level now where he's being a lot more consistent and he's really driving the team and they seem to be a solid solid team and it's going to be an interesting fixture. We'll we'll go to we'll go to Tom first. What are your thoughts on this? Um, it's going to be a very close game. I think the positive thing about Man United in this game, and I never thought I'd say, is that they're yeah. away from home. Um, and which is so weird to say because I won't go into it because we've been into it before. Man United used to be, so Old Trafford used to be a fortress, but now it's it's a new it's a new way of of looking now away from home. You're having good performances. The Everton game away from home, great win. You know it's, but it's a difficult Southampton side. Um, I can see Man United yeah. winning it. I can't see him winning it. By a lot, I've I've got two one for this game, um, but it all all depends yeah. on Bruno, like and it, and I think that is what it has been like for the majority of the season, you know. And he hasn't um, he hasn't let anyone down really. You know, you can't if Man United have a bad game, you, and you know, no one can pin the blame on him because the amount of good games that he's had for United, the amount of games that he has, I wouldn't say saved, but as you know. Got got the team like you know the morale of that team yeah. in game, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, I think it, it was absolute class at what he did on a uh, in midweek for Rashford. You know, two two no up, get a penalty, he's yeah. a penalty taker, have a chance for Atrix on in the Champions League. Very rare that happens. Um, and he goes and gives it to Rashi. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Get his confidence back up. Get him yeah. back in the goals. And I, that's that's the reason he did it. Get get Rashi back in the goals, and that. That, that's, yeah, that's, that's a leader. That's captain that right there for me. I I I didn't think he was captain worthy yeah. personally. I thought Man United should stick with Maguire for a bit of confidence. But seeing that and seeing the way that he is on the pitch, yeah. give him it. Like no no offense to Maguire, you, he, he will be a he can be a good leader of defenders, but as a leader yeah. of a team, I think Bruno can Bruno can do that slot absolutely perfectly. You just got to be careful about set pieces. Um, we've already mentioned Ward Prowse, unbelievable talent. Um, surprise, maybe he's not got a, a sniff yeah, in the England side, but he's, he's getting. But the England side is getting very good lately. It's quite difficult to get in. There. I think we all know that with uh, yeah. Wambasaka. So um, yeah, I, I think Man United have got this, and this could be the game where they push on and start, you know, climb up that ladder of the league. And, you know, they've still got that game in hand that everyone kind of keeps yeah, forgetting about, really. Not too far, so, far more if, if we we'll, win we'll, that game in hand. Exactly. So, we'll, we'll see We'll see what happens. Yeah, before, before we go to Brad, I'm going to save that just before I start speaking about him. We'll go to Jordan. What are your thoughts? Because, okay. obviously, you don't like Man United. But, but try and be biased. Uh, try and be unbiased. No, no. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's going to be a good game, I think. Uh but for me, not being biased at all, I just looking at the the teams. I've talked Southampton two one. Uh, I just think they'll. I think they'll pip them. I think they've got the goals in them, uh, and they are a good team, as you said at home as yeah. well, Southampton. 
but you've got to look at my news away record as well. Uh, that's been pretty decent. But for me, uh, I've, I just think Southampton will pick them this time. Uh, but as you said, you know, you've got Bruno, you've got, you know, your Ward Prowse and stuff like that. There's, play, people, there's players there that can yeah. change games. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, on that game. But for me, I've gone too wide. Well, short and sweet, just okay. for the throw. So before we go to Bradley, we'll, we'll go to Shuz. Um, you know, like like I said, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of match winners in both sides. I think with your likes of Ewings, you Ward Prowse from set pieces. Obviously, Bruno has been a fantastic player for us for well since the day he signed. You know, he's, I, I can't think of many bad bad results we've had. Well, many well, many bad performances he's had um, in the United shirt. Um, what what do you think for this game? Last year, the the result was one one. Dan James scored. I can't remember who scored. But, for Southampton, but ended as a draw. What, what, where do you think? Where do you see this one going? I think I agree with Chambers on this one because Southampton have been, have really surprised me this season, and it was really nice to see Walcott score a goal last week. And he said he felt like a kid again. And I've always liked Walcott, and I really hope that he can score more goals yeah. at Southampton um, because he's just a nice, nice guy, and he didn't really get a break in his career and, you know, hopefully he can show everyone the potential that he did have. But, um, yeah, going back to the game, I, I think James is right and I think Southampton will fancy United. Fernandez is a brilliant player. He's a leader, like Tom said, but one player isn't good enough to, 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 to carry a team across the line. And Southampton with Ward Prowse with, with those deliveries, that's going to be dangerous and Che Adams and Ings and Malthea yeah. Walcott's on form. I can see, I can see a Southampton win. What two, two one? Yeah, so it's one, one of those now. things. I think, I think, like you said, um, you know, Walcott. He's. I think he'll look back and I think he'll be happy with his career. You know, he's he's, he's won a lot of he's won a lot of things, but I think it, there was always that next level he, he could have taken to himself. Do you know what I mean? When he had like the hat trick for England, and you know, he's his seventeen year old kid that yeah. moves to Arsenal. I, 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 I think, yeah, and I think yeah. he's past that think, now. I think he's not no. going to reach that level anymore. But at least liked him to have a happy yeah. And, end and I, I think career. I think that's why it's you know the fairy tale ending, going back to where he started out and and uh, and hopefully proving himself and proving why why they brought him through the ranks and and where he got to. And you know he's had a fantastic career. And he's you know he's what is he like thirty three now? Thirty two, thirty three. No, I think he's that old. I'm not. Let, let's, I'm not sure, but I, don't I think he just seems actually... that old because he's been around for so long. Cause he, I think didn't he go to the, the 2006 World Cup in 31? He's so you know, he's, he's, if you, if you look at the likes of Zlatan, then who knows how long you could go for? It's, it's obviously it's different when you're a winger, and obviously pace is one of those key factors that if you lose a, a, a couple yards of pace, you're not the same player. And he was always rapid. Um, he always had bags of pace and. And he, he did prove at times, you know, his finishing was fantastic. Whether or not taking that number fourteen number at Arsenal was 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 more of a burden than a than a blessing, you know, it's who who to say really on his career. You know, he did he did win a lot of things, but then again, he could have done more. You know, he could have done more in an England shirt. It's it's, it's a tough one. But like you said, like we could have our own episode. We could, probably we could. On it'd, it'd be an interesting one as well because. I think I think a lot a lot of people kind yeah. of dismissed him as as going from wonder kid and then just there was never that next step. But he 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 did achieve a lot in his career. We'll we'll, we'll go to Bradley then. We'll we'll, we'll um we'll, we'll leave the Walcott thing for another time. What what are your thoughts? Obviously, we scraped past um, 
West Brom, who have had a who had a who had a very poor season by all by all accounts. You know, we were lucky not to give a penalty away and then and then run up the, the other side of the pitch and get one last week. You know, it, it wasn't a convincing win in any sense of the word. Where can you see this one going, Brad, with the form that Southampton have showed this season? You know, mate, I'm actually going to be quite positive um, this week. Um, I mean, I'm only negative because I just want to see Man United playing attractive football. Yeah. Um, they've got to get the uh, team selection right this week. Um, I don't want to see Mata, mate. Um, I mean, I've never seen such a decline in a player like this, you know. Um, yeah. And the one I say every week, no McTominay for me. I mean, this guy, he could not mark a toddler's spelling test, mate. Um, he just <laughs> he just needs to get out of this team. However, um, however, I will say... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we all there? Um, I love this yeah, we're, we're, we're I'm, still. Just, I'm just going to touch on Southampton, though, mate. Um, <laughs> okay. I mean, they play really attractive football. Um, I mean, seven games unbeaten um, so far. Uh, and they played really, really nice football through lockdown, didn't they? Um, yeah. I think Man United, I don't think they can afford to draw this game. Um, no. I think it's a, a bit of a must-win game for them. But I don't want them to sit deep because, you know, Southampton, really attackive. Um, on the plus side for me, there's no Danny Ings and Nathan Redmond. Um, yeah, Redmond, Redmond's had a good few seasons, you know. I think I think he's one of those ones that goes under the radar. Yeah. Um, he kind of he, he kind of reminded me of um, a, bit, a bit of Walcott, you know, when he when he come through the ranks of Birmingham. I thought maybe he's going to push on and and get the big move, but he never did. But he's still a he's still a fantastic player. Yeah, he's he's a really good player. Um, and like I say, no Danny Ings is quite important for me. Um, yeah. I think Martial's place is in a bit of a doubt at the minute as well. I think him and Pogba, you know, you don't really know who to start. Um, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but for me, you've got to start Cavani in this. Um, yeah. I, I would I would probably go with the same team um, that won 4-1 in midweek. Mm. Um, yeah. But, I mean, obviously, you know, I want to start Cavani. You just give him a chance. But the name that has to go on this team selection is... He's Van der Beek. Hundred um, percent. I was about to say it. If, if you didn't say it, then I was going to say it. it's got to be Van I mean, der Beek. You know, and he was fantastic in midweek. Wasn't he, he was. I mean, I know we're Bruno FC. You know, one chance. You know, United. But this guy, he can play anywhere. Um, I think. And yeah. if you put, you know, if you put Fred in there, you, this this guy can control that midfield with him, um, and he yeah. could, you know, give yourself something extra. Um, but I'm I'm quite looking forward to this game. Um, yeah, I'm quite upbeat about this one. It's 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 a weird one, isn't it? Cuz as a Man United fan, you look at that game midweek and like you said, you know, the opposition weren't they weren't world class. No. But that that being said, the way that we played in the first half is how you is how you want Man United to play, you know, we we came out we came out fighting them and, and you know, we we put them under pressure early and we scored some goals. I mean, obviously the the first Bruno goal was fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah. And we don't, and and, and this, yeah, go on. We don't yeah. seem we don't seem to play quite bad at um, seminaries, do we? We seem to play quite well. Yes, I, I think there's been a bit. Sorry, I think there's some sound issues going on here. Apologies for that. Um, sorry, could you say that again, Brad? Yeah, I was just saying. Um, United, they never seem to play um, bad football at, um, at St Mary. They always seem to play quite quite well at Southampton. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I say, I think if the, if he Ollie gets the team right and he doesn't mess it up, you know, he doesn't be, you know, as I say, Ollie gonna freestyle. I, I, I think we're gonna, you know, I think we're gonna be all right. I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I think it's like you said. Um, it's 
you'd, you'd like to think if, if 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 we were just going into this game based on our our last game in the league, you'd you'd be worried. I think I think uh, I think we do play better when we have when we have a striker. And you know my thoughts on Cavani. I think he should be starting. Um, I, like I said, I think if he gets a run of games, he will be in the goals. But yeah, the, the the first name on that team sheet has got to be Donny Van Der Beek. You know, he's 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 proved himself in that role. You know, he, he's he's known as like a, being a number ten for for Ajax, and he and he's proved over the last few seasons. You know, even the season before last, where he he was pivotal in that team that got um, Ajax to the semi-finals, and they were very unlucky not to get to the final because of a late surge from from Spurs and Lucas Moura. I mean, he is a fantastic player, and I think he looks like if he's gonna, he, he literally can play anywhere. He's, he's I think. Looking back, I think forty million looks like a snip because if Bruno's not there, then he can play number ten, and if he's if 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 he needs to, he can play he can play next to Fred and he can play that holding midfield role, but still move forward. You know, put them balls in behind and you know win the ball, pass it pass it short, pass it long. He seems like he's got every every tool in his in in his arsenal to be a fantastic player for many many years. And I'm 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 really excited by the prospect of him. I can't I can't lie. I, he's he's he, out of our midfielders in the last few years. He's one of, he's one of the most I'm, I'm most excited about. Obviously, Bruno is is seems to be like something else, like something from a different planet. He's he's just he's got the goals, you know, set pieces. He's got long range goals, short range goals. He can head a ball. That that header against uh, Everton was fantastic, and I think that goes goes a little bit under the radar. You know, he's he's, he's not known as a head, as a header of the ball, but. He seems to have every single tool that that is needed to be a top top world class player, and I'm, I'm I'm I feel very lucky that we've got him in our side because he's he's came to our rescue on on several occasions. You know, if well many many occasions he's came to our rescue and he's he was pivotal in why we finished third last season. And I really hope we can kick on because we've not been great this season at home, but away we seem to be doing all right. Like like the Newcastle result was was fantastic, and you know we've had a, we've had a few other good results, but then like the home the home form has just been poor. So. I think if if we can take if we can take a point away, you know I won't I won't be really happy. But I think it, in 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 the season we're having, you probably take a point away. But I think I think we might be able to nick it. You know, yeah, it's just how we set up, isn't it? Um, they just they can't keep relying on Bruno though. You know, we can't just keep relying on individual brilliance. You know, we can't you know we can't be Bruno FC. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But you know, I'm going to agree with you. You know, this time, you know, start Cavani and let's just, you know, let's see what happens. Take a risk. Yeah. Well, he seems like a proper centre forward, and I know we've we've uh, in, in one of the previous podcasts we've 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 had our we've had our say on him um, to a very large extent, where we, where half the podcast was just talking about Cavani. Obviously, that never meant to happen, but. When you've got when you've got people who are passionate about the game and passionate about the club and you know doing things that you want them to do and and, and maybe looking maybe I'm an optimist I think you know I, I try to see the best in players I still think Cavani's got a lot to offer even at 33 I still think he's he's I, I think he's a fantastic player and I, I really hope that you know he proves you lot wrong but you know I, it, with a, with being a Man United fan Brad I'm sure if Cavani starts bagging goals week after week. You're not going to be too. Oh sad, no! Right? I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll hold my hands up. Do you know what I mean? And just, just a quick one as well, and all for the lads. I, mean, I don't know what's going on with Martial at the minute, but just a little thing. He, he went, yeah. he went away a little bit. Went off form when Lukaku was playing through the middle. Um, he yeah. then lost his form when Rashford um, took up that position. Now, now Cavani's, yeah. um, you know, looks like he's going to be stuck through there. Looking, yeah, looking you like know, he's going to stay. Is, is he a position. player that you know doesn't like competition for me? Um, I don't see what is going on with this player. 
it's it's a strange one because like you said like when it when he's when he's the main man up top you know he he's, he seems to be he seems to be a fantastic world class player at times with it with his you know his movement and how how he can play um i think Brad's just dropped off um but yeah he's 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 a fantastic player Martial and it's 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 a tough one cuz i think like like Brad I'm said in, if um, when when he does have competition he it does seem to be it does seem to be one of those things where like he he, he always drops off like like you said with Lukaku will it will the same thing happen with Cavani is is yet to be seen i think it was a it was a big moment when they took the number 9 shirt away from him gave him number 11 i think that was a, that was a big confidence well not a confidence boost but like a a deterrent on 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 his on his game, and he, he he seemed to drop off massively when they took that number away from him. Obviously, maybe that's a mental thing, and um, I, th- I think confidence and and you know um, the mental side of the game is something that's not really touched on much. But when a player gets a number taken off him, it's never going to be a good thing for a, for a, for a young lad. And I think I, I, I can't I, the way we played on against uh, in, in the Champions League. I think Cavani's got to start because we look like a better team when he's in our side. Yeah, you have to give him a chance, don't you? Yeah, I do agree with you on that one. Yeah. See, for me, like I think Martial before, obviously, you know, before Rashford came yeah. up the ranks, he was just that youngster. Uh, obviously, Martial was the top player at that club, or yeah, one of, near one of sure. But then, obviously, since since like Rashford and all that's come into the fold more, and obviously, yeah. being, becoming the player that he is now, mm-hmm. I think Rashford's like surpassed him already. So and he he doesn't want to. I don't think he wants to try or anything. I think he knows he'll get a game, but he he doesn't really start many games, does he? You know, and I just think that he was a good player, but then everyone's come up and he's just not even yeah. bothered trying. He's, compete he's got a bad him. attitude, hasn't he? At the end of yeah. the day, yeah, and he does. Yeah, but that attitude can change under the right manager. And this ain't a dig at Ollie, by the way. Um. It's it's about it's probably the previous manager who, who brought who him brought in. Sorry, guys. Who brought him to the club? I think it was Louis Van Gaal. Yeah, brought Martial. See, I I didn't rate him as a manager, um, but I rate Martial as a player, and I still do. I think he's absolutely wonderful. Some of the stuff that he can do, and some of the stuff that he did um, post lockdown was absolutely yeah. fantastic. The hat trick that he scored was. Absolutely brilliant, and he so scored some that, cracking goals. It was, it was the first time someone has scored a hat think... for United since Robin Van Persie, I think, in 2013. Which is for a minute, no, that's, un- that's like unbelievable. You're going to get hat tricks every season. You'd like with, with how we have been for, for many, many seasons. You'd like to be Vanessa Roy's, your Rooney's, your Ronaldo's. We've always had players who, who, who can score a hat trick, so it's um, it was an odd one that it'd been so long. Mm. I, th- I think you are. I think you are right. There is no coincidence that when you bring in a a known centre forward, um, he doesn't like the competition because you can, I think you can see he doesn't like going out wide. I think he likes it down the middle. And when you know Lukaku, for me personally, I don't know why I got rid of him. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Um, but you move on from that. You've got Cavani in. You know. Like we said, we've all had our differences. Yeah. He can easily prove us wrong, you know. If he's, we've always said it, it's always about always about confidence. Um, if he gets a few few goals in a row, you never know what happened. But I think Marsh, as weird as it sounds, and I know it's a team game, but 
does Martial kind of wish that he isn't going to have that good run of games so he keeps on getting into the team? Because I, for me personally, I think Martial starts. I think he starts a week and starts of Cavani. With, with Rashford and, I and, think, uh, and Cavani, I, as well as Martial. Yeah. I don't think, I think he's going to leave Cavani on the bench personally and bring him on if yeah. Martial isn't going up to standards, which I think is going to happen. And I think it's going to be sooner rather than later yeah. that it is going to be not only Champions League, but Premier League that Cavani does finally start. And, you know, Rashford's going to have his confidence now. He's got he got his goal in midweek. Um, should have should Martial have asked to have took it? You know, because he, he probably needs it more than Rashi because Rashi's been... He's not been that bad, Rashi, this season. He's, he had a great game against Newcastle. I don't know much about Man United this season, but... I can't think of one game where Martial was like stood out and gone. Here I am. Why, I'm, why have you brought yeah. Cavani in? Well, I'm your centre forward. Well, you, you, you say know. that with with the, the and, and that's the issue the, with him. the ball to Rashford. You've got you've got you've got to look at the the Leipzig game where I think Rashford did the same for uh, Martial to get him back on the score sheet because Martial scored the penalty where Rashford was on a hat trick, very similar to Bruno, but. You know, gave the ball to Martial and let him score, and obviously Rashford, we know, ended up scoring a hat trick in that game anyway. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. Um... Well, I've said this. Can I just um, say, where is Greenwood? Yeah, he really. Because for me, really he's got the most potential. Another thing on Martial, uh, just quickly, um, when Louis Van Gaal, you know, um, signed him, he, he did come with a lot of pressure on his back. You know, yeah. I mean, he was. We signed him on a recommendation from um, Dimitar Berbatov. Um, yeah. And he came from Monaco. Um, a lot of people, you know, saying he was the next Henri. Um, he had a lot of a lot of pressure, a very big, a big price tag. A massive well. price tag. Mm. Um, I mean, I think he's done all right. Um, as for starting well, this weekend, I would play the exact same team that played in midweek. Yeah. For me. I'm, I'm, I, I agree on that one. I think I think you've got to. I think I think the way we played in that in that game versus the game we played against West Brom, who were probably a similar kind of level to um, you know Istanbul. So it, I, I think I think we've got to play that same team and and hopefully carry on um, you know the winning the winning run and and hopefully continue scoring goals and maybe second half as well this time this time around we uh, we push on again like we did in the first half against Istanbul, but. I'm going to have to eat my hat here because I did say the best of last when we said Man United, but we have missed out Liverpool versus Brighton. So, unfortunately, we're going to have to talk about Liverpool. Um, I do apologise for any listeners who like Liverpool. Um, and I did forget them. So, we'll move on to Liverpool versus Brighton. They've come off the win against... Um, help me out here. 3-0 against Leicester. Against Leicester. Um, Leicester. You know that they're they're very lacking in defence, yeah. but they they still got a clean sheet as a massive massive result for them uh, in terms of the league and trying to push off. What what can we see them doing in this game? Let's go to let's go to Shiz first. Well, it's a fu- it's a funny game, isn't it? Because yeah. um, Brighton obviously beat Villa recently. And then Villa thrashed Liverpool 7-2. So, does that mean Brighton beat Liverpool? I don't think so. I think I, I, I think it's yeah. a walkover game for Liverpool. Salah's back. Um, he came back in midweek and 
the firepower they've got in their team, they've got comp- even though they've got so many injuries, but at the front they've got competition for places because you've got four players trying to get into three positions: Jota, Firmino, um, Salah, and Mane. And just that, that those four players, I can't. They've got to yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those games where, on paper, if you didn't if you didn't know to... about the injuries and you know the squad depth of either team, you'd like to think Liverpool, you know, absolutely trounce um, Brighton. And in the previous two games, Liverpool, <clears throat> it's not been it's not been a battering in a sense because they, they did win 2-1. And then the, I think the previous fixture before that, they won 3-1. But this Liverpool side, like like Shiz, like Shiz says, you know, you've got your Marnies, you've got your Salah back from, from his obviously COVID situation. Um, you've got your Firmino, who obviously, like we've previously said, you know, he's not the goal scorer, but he does he does make that team tick a lot up top. Um, and obviously, we've got we've got Jota, who looks like probably being the signing of the summer. Um, we'll go to Tom. What what are your thoughts on this Liverpool side? And and uh, were you impressed by the defensive performance in the league? And then on a on a on the flip of the coin, what did you think about the defensive performance of them? in the Champions League, where they obviously lost 2-0 against Atlanta? Um, it's, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? They're, they're not really struggling in the league, are they, with their defending? Um, I think the game against Leicester was pretty simple, really. You you block out Vardy's runs, and you're not really going to struggle. And... Um, it's not that Matip is a bad defender either. It's I think uh, because you've got the likes of Gomez and Van Dijk, who's your normal too, you kind of forget that, you know, Matip was, yeah. you know, he was, he's a Champions League winner. He's a Premier League winner, isn't he? He's, he is a good defender. And he's just been put in, in the firing line, really, because he's the experienced uh, centre-back who has to pair up against a young, the, just a, a young yeah, youth. Sitting in defence. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And, um, if he makes a mistake, it's on his head kind of type. It's, but they got caught out against Atalanta. I, I I, didn't say that they would lose against Atalanta. I no. said it would be a lot tougher. I didn't think they would lose 2-0. But it, it, was a, it was a different side. They had a, they didn't have Trent or uh, Robertson playing. Um, but I no. can't see them. I can't see any trouble against Brighton. They, they are. Uh, Brighton had, came yeah. off a good and a very good win against Villa. Um, but I don't know. It's Brighton are a weird team, really, aren't they? You don't really, you don't really look at that team and think, "Wow, that guy, that they're going to do good." You know, Adam Lallana. I don't think he's going to do. He hasn't really done much since he's been there. He's had a few bits and bobs. I think he went off injured as well, so I don't know if he's going to be playing um, against Liverpool. Uh, that Mope up top, he can bag goals, but not on a consistent consistent basis. Um I think the only player that, that um really shines for Brighton yeah, is missing exactly. and that's that Lamptey. He's not he's yeah. not in the game, is he? He's um suspended. So yeah, and I think he would have done a good job against uh yeah. Mane or Salah, whoever he was marking. But now whoever they've got to bring in, it's it's just gonna to be too much of a struggle. I think I think Liverpool will cruise this and uh, they don't they won't it's gonna be another game for them where they won't really have to Worry about how their defence um, works out. I think when you come up against a, an informed team, that's when yeah, we'll so see we'll, how we'll good go to Jordan on this one. Defence actually um, is. We we know we know that the likes of Liverpool have got fantastic world class players. They're they're probably the best team in the world right now. 
Um, is there anyone in that Brighton team that you look at and think maybe they've got a chance of doing something in this fixture and maybe they can get something out of this fixture? Or is it, you know, what, what were your thoughts, Jord? Well, first of all, they, yeah. they got a good win against Villa, like Shuz said, at the weekend. Uh, I think most people weren't expecting that uh, with Villa being at home. But yeah. uh, I, I like the look of that Trossard, is it? I think he could have a good run down the wing. if he could, yeah. Obviously, with Liverpool not having the main right-back, Trent, I think uh, he could give him a run for the money. I think he'd give yeah, he a played, few he played very well against Man United. Uh, yeah, he hit a run for times. the money. Uh, I just don't no. think he has. I don't think he has the backup though. That's the only problem. Like you've got him down the left, but then you've got obviously. I think uh, Tom said it. You've got that Lamptey down the right, and he's the one that gives like the yeah. right side, like the edge. I think. Uh, but I think for Liverpool, it's not going to be a walkover. I don't think. I don't think they're going to have it all their own way. Uh, yeah. But I think they'll come off a a win. But I mean, they've got a, they've just had an injury boost. Yeah. Uh, John Henson's resumed full training, so he should be in contention to play. Yeah, I think, I think it's Saturday uh, or Sunday, is it? Yeah, I think I think, sure. it's a, I think it's the half. Well, I think it's Saturday morning. Saturday. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, he's in full training. Yeah. Could could be in conting- uh, contention. <laughs> Which is a massive boost yeah. to the midfield, okay, so... especially for a game like this. I think. Uh, yeah, Ch- Ch- Chambers. Just um, before we move on, I obviously you've followed Liverpool from when you were younger, and um, what I'm interested in is your opinion on. Do you think Jurgen Klopp has become a victim of his own success in a sense, because he's been so successful at Liverpool? that it now comes to every game where we expect Liverpool to win every game. And do you think that's fair? And where, where, do, you think, where, where do you think Jurgen Klopp's legacy ends? And when's it's a good point, to be honest. Uh, I, think, I don't think he is, but, uh, you know, you can't expect every team to win every game. I think... But, but do you not think with Liverpool's success, yeah. like when we were growing up, Liverpool... We're there or thereabouts, but not quite there. But now, Champions League, Premier League. Now, do I we think not people do? But I mean, game? anything can happen in the Premier League. Like it's, it showed this year that you know Villa can beat anyone. It shows that you know teams can beat other teams. Uh, but I do. It's a weird one, I think, because you got to look at it like back in the day as well when we were kids. Like it was. It was the same thing with Manchester yeah. United. You expect them to win every single game that they played, you know, and they kept it on for years and years. Uh, obviously, I think Jurgen Klopp, maybe a couple of years' time, he's probably done everything. I think what he's know. trying to say, though, Bon, is he doing good enough for you, though? Yeah. You know, is, is he... Yeah, do you think he's doing That's well? What, for Liverpool? Yeah, he is, yeah. And he's... He's a manager like Arteta and stuff where he's bringing the youngsters through and he's giving them games as well. Obviously, at the minute, he's got no choice but to. But uh, I think he's doing well. Like, obviously, he can't, you know, he's won the Premier League, he's won the Champions League, you know, he's won the Club World Cup. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think you're right on that one. I think, I think when they look back in his legacy, I yeah. think Klopp 
will will go down as one of Liverpool's best managers just because of how long they did go without a title. Um, especially Premier League, first Premier League title they've ever, they've ever won was last season. So it shows how long they went. Obviously, before they had they had the dominance in the in the eighties and, and the seventies, they were a very good side. But for for a lot of years, they were just they were never really up there. Obviously, they had the likes of the Champions League winning two thousand five, and you know they they did have some some big wins. But as a, as a team, they they were never really good enough to win win the title. And obviously, we all remember the the Slippy G moment where they thought they might have it, and obviously Denver Bar goes on to score. But that's uh, that's all in the past now. So we'll move on to Bradley finally. Um, what what are your thoughts on this on this fixture? Can can you see can you see him you know scoring five or six past them, or or do you think it'll be like some of the lads have mentioned? It, it'll, it's a weird one, and you know maybe Brighton will you know pull out all the stops to, to you know try and deny the likes of Salah and and Mane and Jota and Firmino and and maybe maybe they'll. They'll, 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 you know, maybe get a point out of it, or do you think it's it's domination by Liverpool? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think Liverpool will have to turn up um, to get the three points here. I mean, Brighton, they, they do set up quite well, you know, they are quite hard to break down at times. Um, but I don't know what the team news is going to be like for Liverpool at the minute. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't you know never, who's missing. That's the thing, you never know. Um, you never know with Liverpool that they've, they've they've got so many holes in that in that team at the minute, but they they still seem to be getting the results, obviously. They didn't in the Champions League, and and that was a bit of a, a bit of an odd odd result, really, given given the score um, in the away fixture um, at um, Atlanta. But I, I, I think I think I can't look past a Liverpool Liverpool win here, if I'm honest. Um, it's it's one of those ones where you, you think if even one of those front three or front four turn up, then the game's already won, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. No, you like. Salah would be chomping at the bit to get back in the prem where he seems to be the best. Um, that's that's where he seems to be his best competition in terms of goals and and you know there's there's going to be penalties. There's penalties in nearly every single game and he, he rarely misses one. So I think I think Salah on the score sheet for this game. Um, any final thoughts before we go to the bookies corner? Anyone? I'm just good. Um. Uh, Hallen, yep. Hallen's probably the best. Course, I'm, yeah, just gonna, yeah. I'm just going to throw it in the Premier League because obviously I know, you know not all of us support um, Steady League teams. I know one of us does support yeah. a championship side. Um, Chambers, your thoughts on Rotherham this week? Well, it's another hard game, isn't it? Every there's every week is a hard game for Rotherham, especially being one of the relegation favourites, if you like, for other people. Uh, Bournemouth at home, uh, possibly the hardest hard fixture in, in the in the I championship right now. Bournemouth, isn't it? Or two. Uh, one of the yeah, you've got them. You've got Norwich. Obviously, we've played Norwich. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to be harsh on my own team. But I think Bournemouth will probably win like three nil three. I think we'll stay up. They're such a good side attacking wise. You know, you can't. I'd, I personally, the way we've started, if we can keep it going uh, and we get a few uh, more wins under well, looking at the last six years, you, you've won one in five. Could, bro. Yeah. What difference? I, uh... no, 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 seriously. What I, do you I need think to you need to, to uh, bring Adam Lafondre back, if I'm honest. Adam Lafondre. We just, I think, I've always said it, we just need to sign players in, in the windows, in the transfer windows, but. We need to try and get like championship experience players. 
Oh, I know what you need. Even if they, even if the life is thirty-two, but it's the fine, old, the finances there to do that. The midfield up. That's good enough for me. Go on then. Uh, I know exactly who Rotherham need. No, need. You just said that. I thought oh, Adam Lafondra. Adam Lafondra. Adam Lafondra. I just think like we need a championship <laughs> goal scorer as well yeah. that can make things out of nothing. It's, the next uh, thing is like it's it's. As as a Rotherham, as, as, as a Rotherham, how do you kind of sign that player? Because with everyone, everyone that goes to a Championship side now, they're going to be looking at someone that's going to at least get playoffs, and I think you'll struggle for that. Um, obviously, right now, um, Cal won't want to hear oh, it. Yeah. You're sitting that's in nineteenth, and Nottingham Forest sitting in twentieth. So you know, as as far as the podcast goes, you're currently winning in terms of the Championship. There's a long, there is a long way to go, and obviously in, in the form go, yeah, chart, you're looking at Forest have got two wins out of five, and Rotherham have got one win out of five, losing the remaining four games. It's going to be tough for them, but I think I think you might stay up. But um, on that note, we'll go to the bookies corner and we'll see what the uh, what the uh, tips for this week are. Bradley, yeah, hello everyone, and uh, yeah, a really bad week last week. Um, both Manchester clubs just not turning up at all. Um, and Arsenal, a very, very low-key performance, wasn't it? Um, but we did get the Everton one right. So, I hope if you've backed it in singles, you've uh, made a little bit of money. But we didn't do very well on the accumulator side. But we'll kick it off this week. Uh, the place to go is Manchester City, to be fair. Um, I think Burnley very poor defensively. Um, and I don't think Man City will have any problems um, in netting a few past them this week. You can't really back Man City to win the game they're really really short odds and it offers no value but I like Man City to score over two and a half goals in this game and you can get that best price with a lot of bookmakers at even money sticking with the Manchester theme um, Man United trip to Southampton um, I think they played not too bad in midweek um, and I think the way to go in this game is if they just attack and press Southampton I think we'll see a few goals in this game you can't really trust Man United at the minute, um, so it'll be very a bit of a mistake really to back them to win the game. But I can see them scoring a few goals in this one, so I like over one and a half goals for, for Man United in this. Another game that I also like is the Fulham Leicester game. Um, Fulham very very poor defensively, a team for me that's already down in the league. I think if Leicester can get over their uh, midweek game against Braga, they should easily. Um, net a few past these and I like Leicester to score over one and a half at eight to eleven. And finally, for anyone who likes a, a bit of an outsider, um in the Tottenham Chelsea game this week, a bit of a statistic for you. Um five games has seen three red cards. Um and who can forget last season's Son VAR um bit of a how can you say Controversy, if you like. So I like I like the red yeah. card to be in this game, and the best price ten to one. And that's it. Thank you very much. Right. Thank you very much, Bradley, once again, and thank you to Jordan, Shaz, uh, Callum Cameron, who was on the first part, and Thomas Bristow. Um, once again, yeah, thank you for tuning in. This is our Friday prediction show on the fourth pod, uh, the Forcefield Podcast. Um, and yeah, thank you. If you can follow us at all our socials at the Forcefield Podcast. Um, that'll be fantastic and we'll see you in the next episode thank you ta